How do billboards discuss things? With sign language. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm back. Took longer than I anticipated. <laughs> I will, I will get into the details with that later. But for now, welcome back to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 155. I am the host, Kaylin Chenoweth. It has been far too long, my friends. Far too long. I was intending to chit-chat earlier, record an episode a couple of weeks ago, but we came back from our holiday festivities and then... I got super sick. Somehow nobody else in the family did, which is great, but I got super sick for a few days, recovered, and then this past weekend it was negative eight for like three days in a row, so that was all of us and the kids, everybody inside the house, which means no recording is happening at all. And to be honest, I really just cannot record at our house. We moved into this house a year and a half ago, oh, actually almost two years ago, anyways, not a single room in there is good. Every single room is incredibly echoey. There's there's no good space record. So when I come down to work once a week, I come down to work in Southern Indiana and I stay the night at an Airbnb and I record at the Airbnb, which is where I am at. However, the last two weeks, the Airbnb was occupied. So I had to go to a friend's house who has four kids. So no recording was happening there. It has been very challenging to record this episode. I finally made it. It took a while, but January 17th, today I am finally recording the episode that I was trying to record starting two weeks ago. And then everything else just, just kept interrupting those plans. I just want to say thank you for your patience. <laughs> I know it's been a long anticipated episode and hopefully I don't let you down. Let's start with a very long overdue catch up with Kaylin segment. When I left off, I mentioned that we got a camper and we, I believe we were in the process of purchasing a truck to pull the camper. We did. We pulled it off. We were able to get the truck that we wanted. It was a 2020 Ram 2500, very powerful truck to pull the camper. We traded in the minivan and the paid off previous truck, which was an F-150 that also had, it was older. <laughs> it was paid off, but it was getting its own issues as well. Anyway, so we got rid of those two vehicles, traded in and got this new 2500 Ram. We spent an entire day, all day Thursday, took the day off of work all day Thursday to pack up the camper. We had to watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> Channing worked very hard at getting the hitch installed, getting the water filters installed, getting the chemicals that we need to make sure the gray water tank and black water tank don't smell really bad, like just tons of stuff. We, we've spent months preparing for this. We, we bought different items, had to install different items. It was quite, quite the ordeal. So Channing got everything basically prepped for the camper and the outside and the batteries and backups and extra fuses. He did all of that and I packed the entire inside of the camper, 
normally when we go on a family vacation, I just have to pack suitcases of clothes and everything else is there when we get there. But this time we had to pack the entire camper. So I had to pack a bathroom and a kitchen, living room, entertainment, toys, (laughs) in addition to stuff for the road trip and snacks and food. And it was just who it was. We started at 8 a.m. The kids went to school and daycare. We started at 8 a.m. And we went to bed at 1 a.m. Then we woke up, and that was all on Thursday. Then we woke up on Friday morning at 5 a.m. And we finished up the last few things, like the food that we couldn't quite put into the camper overnight. Got our, you know, got the breakfast ready for everybody and put it in their car seats and everything. Got the food ready. All the last minute stuff tidied up with the chickens and the dog. Got the kids loaded up into the, the new truck that was pulling the camper with the sway hitch that took forever to install. And we drove an hour and a half south to Indianapolis, dropped the dog off at the dog sitter. His name is Dan. He's really awesome. <laughs> he watches Ruger at his house. He's great. He used to run a doggy daycare. That's how we use him. Anyways, that, I'm digressing. <laughs> dropped Ruger off, continued on our journey. This is our first time pulling the camper more than five minutes. <laughs> and previously, we had camped in it one Friday night. <laughs> that was it, right, right in, our, in our backyard. And we made it all the way to southern Indiana, Washington, Indiana. It's about three and a half hours from our house. And we noticed that we needed gas. Okay, yeah, because this is a, it's a gas guzzling truck and it's pulling a heavy weight, which makes the gas mileage drop. So it was a 22 mile per gallon, 22 miles per gallon truck. And when you pull the camper, you're supposed to estimate about eight miles per gallon. (laughs) Like the sustainability part is cringing a bit, but that's all right. This is the adventure that we wanted, right? We get to the gas station and I get out along with the kids. Okay, everybody go potty because we've been in the car for three and a half hours. Everybody go potty. We're just going to do it now so we don't have to stop again because stopping with a big giant camper is a lot harder. (laughs) It's a lot more challenging than just whipping into any rest area or gas station. So we had a truck stop that we could go to get the fuel, all that stuff. Oh, I did not mention the Ram 2500 is a diesel truck. And amongst all of the chaos, I did not realize that until we started driving on our trip to Texas. And Channing mentioned that we needed a truck stop and we had to find diesel pumps. And I said, diesel? And he goes, yeah, this is a diesel truck. I said, this is a diesel? (laughs) Oh my gosh. This goes against everything that I talk about in sustainability world. How did we get a diesel truck? And I did not catch on to that. It just didn't come up. I knew he was buying a truck. I knew we needed this truck. I knew we needed a more powerful truck. I had no idea that it was diesel. (laughs) uh, Usually we are in much more better communication, but it was just rush, rush, rush at the tail end. And I was just like, go ahead. Like I never, normally we go together to buy vehicles And he was all on his own on this. It's not that I would have made a whole lot of a difference. That also created a whole debate on is diesel good or bad for the environment? Is it better or worse than gas? And that that's going to be a future episode topic. I don't know when I got to figure it out and put it together, but it did spark a great conversation between Channing and I. Anyways, so we're at the truck stop getting gas. And I mentioned, wow, this truck stop smells really a lot like chemicals. It's very fumey around here, like gagging, choking. And Channing's like, yeah, that is weird. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What do we know? We don't normally hang out at truck stops. Maybe this is normal. I don't know. I take the boys in to go to the bathroom and come back and Channing says, hey, do you see this on the camper? And I look back. So we're, we're, we're pull, it's a pull behind. It's a bumper pull behind. And there is liquid splashed all over the front end of the camper. 
we thought that's weird it's not raining and we don't remember hitting any giant puddles of water or liquid of any kind so what in the world is all over the front half of this camper because it wasn't there when we started our journey it was not there yesterday i would know because we made about 400 trips in and out of the camper trying to pack this sucker there's nothing sprayed up on there so we get some paper towel that we have in our car and wipe it up and smell it and that's the really chemically smell and that's interesting it's clear oily really strong smelling so we bend over and we look under the truck and something is leaking out of the bottom of this truck we have had the truck for two weeks we have driven it only a couple of times to go get the kids from daycare (laughs) (laughs) no more than an eight minute round trip ordeal this is our first great big long haul in the truck and it is leaking something out of the bottom oh no we knew something was going to go wrong we just really thought it was going to be with the camper because that's where all the horror stories are we did not anticipate a 2020 vehicle um with a clean carfax to (laughs) to have that going on so so we pull over at the side of the truck stop and we are hanging out there for the next hour and a half checking fluids on everything trying to figure out what in the world it could possibly be and and we can't figure it out the oil is normal transmission fluid is normal everything is coming up normal really honestly Channing is checking everything I'm entertaining the kids inside of the truck because they all want out and they all want to go run around and play in the truck stop which is not safe so I'm trying to keep them inside (laughs) the truck and keep them safe and entertained so we can figure this out in the end after an hour and a half okay it is friday afternoon it's, it's literally almost 12 o'clock it's like 11 45 in the morning i call all the mechanics that are close by one says that they could look at us today but they close at noon everybody else says you're gonna have to wait until tuesday because it is friday before christmas and everybody is booked up solid and not working overtime to squeeze us in. They are taking the weekend off. And I don't blame them. We are also trying to take the week off. (laughs) Okay, so we can go to mechanic who could possibly look at it and not do anything until Tuesday. Or we can push on forward and pretend it's not happening and try to drive to Texas, most likely get stuck on the side of the interstate, broken down with three kids in a camper. That's not a good scenario. Or we turn around and go back home. So we decided to turn around and go back home. So we drove three and a half hours back to the house. So that was a seven hour round trip day to go nowhere. Went back to the house completely devastated and embarrassed because now I have to tell everybody what happened. We get to the house, we get the kids inside, we feed them dinner because it's like 5, 5.30. We did not make it back in time to take the truck to the dealership that we got it from because definitely we definitely called them and said, hey, here's what's going on and you're going to fix it. <laughs> we get back, we unhitch everything, we unpack the entire camper, we take the truck to the dealership and drop it off. They're closed, but we just drop it off and do the little key drop thing so that way they can look at it. Um, not even the next day cause it's Saturday. So they're not going to look at it until Tuesday, which is fine. We don't need it. <laughs> Clearly we don't need it. We're going to make do. We unpack the whole camper. We repack into suitcases because nothing was in suitcases cause everything was in drawers and cupboards and things in the camper. Now I had to pull it all out, put it in suitcases and we repacked and 
made everything fit in the Nissan Rogue. I don't know if you recall this from a long time ago, but the Rogue will fit two car seats, not three, which is why we ended up with the minivan that just was awful. The good news is Corbin, the oldest, he's five now, he is big enough to fit in a booster seat and in the Rogue you can fit two car seats that clip into the little car seat holders and a booster seat in the middle which was not fair to Corbin. That is a very, very tight squeeze. We tried to not do that, which is why we were driving the big spacious truck. <laughs> it was a six-seater truck, but now we're all on the Rogue. We get to bed around 10, 11 o'clock at night. I think it was more like 11. Wake up at 5, 6 a.m. the next day. Do it all again. Load up the kids. Everybody gets in the car. We are very tightly packed in this car. <laughs> very tightly packed in this car. And we leave the house by 7 a.m. and we drive. It's a 17-hour drive. Drive time alone is 17 hours, plus all the stops to get out and go pee and stretch our legs. We arrived to my in-laws at 1 a.m. and we were completely exhausted. <laughs> and the next day was Christmas, which is great. But <laughs> we were just dead to the world. like. The kids were wild after being confined in a car for two solid days and we were just completely exhausted after all of the emotions, getting up early, staying up late, lots of physical labor of getting everything packed and whatnot. It's just, it was nuts. So that first, that first day was rough because the kids were all over the place and we were too dead to, to get them under control. <laughs> but after that... After that, we had a good time in Texas. I mean, we called the in-laws in advance and said what was going on. So they were able to make a room for us. So the entire family stayed in one bedroom. <laughs> That's a lot. Three kids and two adults in one bedroom. So Hazley's in the little pack and play. The boys are on an air mattress, which they just got like the biggest kick out of. And Channing and I are back and we were in the bed. But it was a lot. It was definitely, definitely a lot. And, uh, you know, at some point in time... Now that it's freezing temperatures, we're going to have to wait till probably April or May to get to go camping. So once once we got back home after the holidays, and then we drove back home and did New Year's and all that stuff, we had to winterize the camper. We, we did a really quick cheat winterization. We basically just dumped the antifreeze stuff down all of the drains and said, hope that's good. <laughs> the good news is there wasn't really freezing temperatures. It was like in the forties and fifties while we were gone. Once we got back, then the following week and then it started getting cold. These last two weeks have been really cold, but by then the camper has been winterized. So that's, that's good and safe and, and a very long story. Next up, big thing here. I got my hair cut. <laughs> I understand this is a podcast. You can only hear me, not really see me. But my hair was very long. I hadn't touched it for about three years and I got nine inches cut off and it's at my shoulders now. And I was so excited. This was going to be my third time donating my hair to Wigs for Kids. Super excited about it. Wigs for Kids requires eight inches for donation. And I was super stoked that I got them nine inches, a whole extra inch. Way to go me being above and beyond. <laughs> And I was talking to the hairdresser and she goes, I think they changed it. Hmm? What? She goes, look it up. I think they changed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. It's 12 inches now. So my nine inches is not long enough. It needs to be 12 inches, which really stinks because uh, it was already chopped and I can't just go cut three more inches and add it to the nine inches that's already been cut. 
there goes my plan on going above and beyond and donating a third time for wigs for kids, which is fine. I remembered a while ago, like I think at least two years ago, I'd mentioned there was a company that you could donate your hair to for cleaning up oil spills. And I had to I had to search on the internet a little bit because I couldn't quite remember the company. <laughs> and so I found one. And for some reason, there was a sign-up page and it wouldn't let me get past that. I kept giving all my information. It wouldn't let me sign up. So I'm, I would like to donate my hair to some good purpose if it can't be wigs for kids. And I'm trying to do this oil cleanup thing, but I'm getting nowhere. It's called Humsum and it's through trust.org. But if anybody... Any listeners knows any other credible group to donate to, please share that information so that way some good can come from this hair because it was it was three years worth of work growing out all of that hair and I'd like for some good to come from it. Worst case scenario, I will be placing it all around the chicken coop and all around the garden area because that's what keeps predators away. That's what I do with my husband's hair and my kids' hair whenever we cut their hair. But they're boys, so their hair is like maybe an inch, inch and a half max. This is nine inches. I feel like this is a lot. A lot of good could come from this. I just don't know where to send it. So if you do know of a place, please let me know. Go to Starting Sustainability Facebook group and you can post it in there. You can send me a private message, whatever is easiest. That would be fantastic. In case you didn't catch it, you can't go to the website anymore. StartingSustainability.com is no longer in existence. I got rid of it because it was stupid expensive. And the only thing that I got was a lot of spam in the comments. I It was getting up to like 300 comments per day that was all junk and spam. And I just decided this is way too much work. This this is way too much work for this website to, to filter all these spam. And it's just, if you're a listener, then you are aware of the other ways to get a hold of me. And those are the better ways. Just go through Facebook. That's really the best way. Something that I wanted to mention, I kind of skipped over. I didn't mean to. So we're going to backtrack just a little bit. Back to Christmas and holidays. We go to the in-laws for Christmas and celebrate there. And then we go to my family for New Year's where we do our great big Christmas gift exchange. And I just wanted to mention that the reusable bags and reusable gift boxes are catching on. And it makes me so excited. (laughs) At first, I did it. And then I kind of preached about it and talked about it and talked to other people about it and bragged about it, how easy it was to wrap up gifts. Basically, you just drop the gift in the cloth bag and then you draw the drawstring and boom, you're done wrapping (laughs) and how simple it is and how great it is. My mom made homemade bags, reusable gift bags for all of the gifts for my kids, which was great because now I've saved all of those. And everybody between both families is getting more and more into the reusable bags and the gift boxes. And I think, like I talked about it at first, and then, you know, the next year or two, they were doing it. They're like, look, Kaylin, isn't this great? And I was like, yeah, like they're doing it to please me. And I was thrilled and I definitely praised them for it and bragged about it. And I think now they understand how simple it is and cost savings too, because paper bags and the 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 flimsy, crummy gift boxes that are meant to be single use and all that tissue paper, that's expensive. That is an added cost and it all just gets thrown in the trash and it doesn't disappear. It goes to a landfill and it gets filled up there. And it's just, it's a total waste. It's its very, very wasteful. 
<laughs> and, and this reusable stuff is, it does not take up that much space in your house and it makes wrapping the gifts so much easier. And I'm just so tickled to death that it has really spread. It's no longer about me pushing for it or people doing it to try and please me. Now they're just doing it on their own because they have found the joy with sustainability. And I hope that you guys all listeners, Sustainer Nation, I hope that you had wonderful holiday experiences and that your sustainability stuff, like when you talk about it and you do it at holidays, that it's catching on and it's spreading. And and that's like the ultimate goal of this podcast. That's why I started doing this five and a half, almost, yeah, about five and a half years ago, almost six years ago, because I wanted to teach other people, here's how you can be sustainable. And it's simple and it's easy and it's so beneficial, not just for the planet and the world and for our kids, but also for our wallets. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no reason not to do it. I don't know. My heart's just very full. I'm very excited about how it's catching on and, and I can see the ripple effect and how it's spreading and it's contagious in, in the most marvelous way. I mentioned earlier that it was negative eight. <laughs> For like three days this past weekend over Martin Luther King weekend outside. That's insane. Our chickens are cold weather chickens, but that's still really darn cold. And I thought it was interesting because we have an auto coop door. So the coop door would open and close based off of sunlight. Like when the sun rises, it opens. When the sun sets, it closes, which is amazing. <laughs> if anybody's got chickens, those auto doors are really great when the weather is crummy. <laughs> it just opens up. And we noticed that the, so we have Gallo de Cielo. Gallo is the original rooster. And then we got all those baby chicks and there's three roosters of all those baby chicks. And the doors open and the three baby roosters who are teenagers, I guess now, they were outside. I'm like, it's, it's cold outside. Like the high was negative four. Why are they all outside? I thought, oh my gosh, these guys. <laughs> and I was telling Channing, I was like, I wonder if Gaio kicked them out. Because the pecking order is a real thing in the chicken world. And I said, I bet he kicked them out. And Channing's like, well, they could just go in. Like, yeah, he might be mean to them, but they can just go to the other side of the coop. Like, if they get hungry enough, thirsty enough, cold enough, they'll they'll go inside. And they would. you would think they would gang up. The three of them would gang up on the one rooster on Gaio. Well, we went out there to check on their water. We do have a water heater so the water doesn't freeze, but we went out there to check just to make sure that it was keeping up and doing well, which it was. And we saw those baby roosters outside and we're like, okay, we're just going to shove them in and close the coop door so that way they can't get back out and freeze to death of frostbite and stuff. The little red combs were starting to get like black on them. I was like, they're getting frostbite. This is not good. Get them inside the coop. We tried to put them in the coop and Gaio was right there inside the coop door, pecking at them and squawking and crowing. He would not let them come in. So, oh, okay. This isn't that they just can't get past. Like, it's, it's not that they want to be out here. They don't. They want to be inside. And Gaio's being a jerk and won't let them in. I'm like, he is literally forcing them to get frostbite and probably freeze to death. <laughs> so we took Gaio, put him in a cage and threw him in the outbuilding, and he's in solitary confinement. He had to do that for about three days. It is now in the 20s today, so he was released from solitary confinement, and he can go back, but this is this is becoming a problem. And everybody warned us, you can't have this many roosters. You have to pick one. You have to get rid of the rest. Nobody wants a free rooster because I have tried to give these roosters away. Nobody wants one. It's a lot of roosters, and I think we're going to be forced to do a mercy killing on them. I don't know. We don't want to, <laughs> which is why we're in this predicament because we didn't do it and we should have. <laughs> it's 
hard. But uh, yeah, we're we're getting close to there. If anybody else has got a better idea on how to get rid of a rooster in a humane manner, because I cannot find anybody who wants one, that's that's where we're at. We're we're a little bit stuck there. That's your chicken update. Oh, and all the and all the babies started laying eggs while we were gone <laughs> over Christmas. So now we have the original hens were laying brown eggs, and now we have green eggs and blue eggs. And I'm like super stoked about it. I just think it's the funniest thing ever to have truly green eggs. And so now I read the Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham, to my kids, and I'm just like getting an extra little giggle out of it. My green eggs do exist. This is hilarious. <laughs> This catch-up segment is already running pretty long. We're at like 25 minutes or so at this point. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> I haven't talked to you guys in so long. I'm just so excited to divulge everything that's going on in our world. Personal life-wise, I mean, I've done a lot, but we'll get a little bit more into it. I am now in the office three days a week. Previously, it was two days a week. So I'd work from home three days, and I'd drive down to Columbus, Indiana for two days. And now we're opening up a new site and I have to go there. It's in Indianapolis, which is awesome. But that is working away from the house three days. I'm only home for two and it is, it's three nights where I'm gone leaving Channing to do all of the work for three kids to get, pick them all up between school and daycare, get dinner, feed them all, get them into bed, clean up from dinner. It's a lot. It, it, he was expressing the stress that he had encountered previously with only with me being only gone two nights a week and now that I'm gone for three nights a week he's really not happy about it and I want a fourth kid <laughs> fourth and final no more <laughs> four and done at that point and at this point Channing is adamantly against it and I don't blame him it's this situation isn't quite what we signed up for, but it's just how life has unfolded and this is where we are at. So we are having these discussions and trying to figure out different solutions, compromises to where, to where we each get what we're wanting out of life. And in the meantime, we also started therapy, not couples counseling therapy, but parenting therapy because we... We have some troubles raising three kids. We keep encountering the same issues over and over. And so we are starting some online therapy. Luckily, Channing's insurance through his work offers six free sessions, which is great. So we are taking advantage of it. We keep having some some troubles with one of our kids. I'm gonna I'm gonna be vague because it's not fair to the kid. That's their information, but it's it's a lot of meltdowns, it's a lot of really big emotions, and how do we teach them how to cope with those emotions and anxiety and different solutions to get through it. And it's it's been beneficial, which is why I'm sharing this, because I'm sure I'm not the only parent who has struggles being a parent <laughs> and or who has kids with high anxiety who don't know how to cope with their emotions. Some of the resources that were shared with us. Now, our kids are very little, but the resources are, are adapt for them. One of them, it's a book called The Kissing Hand. And it's a story that you read to your children to help them understand anxiety and separation and how to... It's some coping tools and mechanisms. And there's another book, same thing. It's called The Invisible String. I just got those from the library. 
So you'd probably also be able to get them from the library. And then the last book is for the adults to read. It's called Five Love Languages of Children. And I've mentioned the five love languages before, and I just read it for my partner. But this book will be interesting because it's targeted for children, how to interpret their love languages, how to fill up their tanks to make them feel loved and secure. And I think these are great references. I signed up from the library. I literally got a text today that says they are ready. I need to go pick them up and read them. <laughs> but these are, these are going to be wonderful tools, and I just wanted to share them with you while I was thinking of it. Ooh, okay, that was a pretty long catch-up section. <laughs> Thanks for making it through. Um, I guess I could have given a warning at the beginning that you could probably just fast forward through that. But anyways, <laughs> we are here now with the main topic of today's episode, which is, just like it has been for the last few years, the New Year's Bucket List Review and New Goals for 2024. I pulled up my bucket list for 2023 prior to this to review and realize that I failed epically. <laughs> I feel like the last three, four years I've done pretty good at maybe not accomplishing everything, but getting a good chunk of it done. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, I, I did I did not do very well. I wanted to get a greenhouse going, fail. Wanted to do indoor herbs in the wintertime, fail. I don't even have grow lights yet. That's on my list of things to get. I just haven't gotten them yet. <laughs> kind of need those. <laughs> I wanted to get new plants in the garden. I wanted to try to grow new plants. That I succeeded. I was able to grow potatoes. Oh, and asparagus. Those were the new plants. And then some new herbs. Definitely grew a lot more tomatoes this year. I wanted to get a root cellar going. That was a fail. That one's probably not going to happen because now we understand the septic field and where that is. And it's basically most of our backyard. Anywhere that would be a good spot for root cellar is a septic field area and you cannot dig. So that's that one's just going to have to get removed. We wanted to update some stuff in our house, like update the kitchen. Nope, still very outdated. <laughs> and the bathroom, and the master bathroom and bedroom. So those also failed. <laughs> raise chickens, check. Got that one done. We did raise some chickens from, from itty bitty little baby chicks. So that was cool. Grow seedlings for the garden, failed on the seedlings again. I did try, just failed, just not good at it. And I wanted to go to Santa Claus, Indiana for Christmas. <laughs> I completely forgot about that until I pulled this up and went, oh, failed on that one too. So, <laughs> but even though I didn't do what I had initially listed out 12 months ago, there were some things that I got to add into it throughout the year that I added to it and feel good about. I'm taking a human resources course, taking that and learning about it and studying and hoping to pass an exam. I started that process this year and I, that is on my bucket list for 2024 is to take and pass the exam and become certified as an HR specialist, which is really cool. Even though we failed on all the interior house projects, exterior, we remodeled our deck and we remodeled our shutters and those turned out phenomenal, look really good. We redid the chicken coop because it was really ugly and hideous before. We redid it, it's about 80% complete. <laughs> we have some more touch-ups to do, but we will do that this next year. And we bought a camper, which wasn't even in our thoughts back in January, 2023, but suddenly became a thing around September. August, September, we really started talking about it very seriously and, and went for it. And we, we were able to figure it out, which is really cool. 
and I discovered the Bible Project, which is also on my bucket list of 2024 for this year to get more in depth into that. So I started that. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. I don't, I don't know if you can finish it because it's an ongoing project, but I want to get more into it and learn more about it. And of course, I threw on a couple of fun <laughs> 2024 bucket list items. I want to learn how to do a handstand. I don't know why I go through Facebook and I see all these reels of all these gymnasts. They're all doing these handstands and, and flips and things like that. I would also like to do flips and stuff, but I'm going to start with a handstand. I want to be able to do my own handstand, not up against the wall. Just like do a handstand and hold it and hold it for 15 to 30 seconds. This is something that I've been doing for the last two months trying to do. <laughs> and, and I'm up to seven seconds right now. And so my goal is like... My first goal is 15 and I will celebrate that. And then I think it'd be really cool if I could do like a 30 second handstand. But that has, it's a very small and simple goal. And I just want to be able to do that because I, I don't know. There's, there's really no reason other than I just want to be able to do it. I've never been able to, and I would like to. 2024 bucket list item. What's the next one on here? Baby number four. Already talked about that. Mm, that one's in limbo. Hopefully get some interior house projects done this year. Get some indoor gardening grow lights. Oh, this one's cool. Teach your child to read in 100 easy lessons. So Corbin is in kindergarten and he's below average for reading. And I got this book and that is now a goal to go through this to help get him caught up and matching with the rest of his classmates. And so far we're, we're doing pretty good and he's getting there. He's getting the hang of it. So we're, we're starting that and getting that incorporated, doing therapy, we wanted to do that for 2024, which we just started last week. So get therapy going so we can become better parents and become better equipped to handle tough situations. We're doing that. And then this one is Channing's, and I think it's a great one. Create a simpler life. That is the only goal for him, and I am also adding on to that. Creating a more simple life because it feels like our life is complex. So complex. <laughs> There are things happening everywhere. We're pulled in all sorts of directions all the time. Lots of unplanned things, spur of the moment things that take over and, and we have to adjust and adapt and be flexible. And then the things that we wanted to do didn't get done. And so we're just, we're like, look, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of chores every weekend. This house is always falling apart. We've replaced the sub pump, the geothermal. We are due for a new roof. We had a whole big roof leak. I don't remember if I even shared that or not, but yeah, we're now we're saving up for a new roof. We got the whole patch, but they're like, really like all the decking is rotted. Like, like it's, it's like, a, they're like, we really do need a whole new roof. Great. Okay, cool. So it's just, just all these things that between the van and the old truck always going in the shop. Now the new truck going into the shop. Our dog is still have this wicked cough. He's going in. It's just, it's just so much chaos all at the same time. So, so the goal is a simpler life. And that is our motto for 2024. Whenever we have to make a decision between A and B, the answer is which one will be simpler? Which one will make our lives easier? Because that's the route we are going now. After doing some deep thinking. How am I going to make my life simpler? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no more often. Now, this is crazy. <laughs> Let me explain. A long time ago, before I even did the podcast, we're going to say like probably a good eight, maybe 10 years ago, I did a year of yes. I stole this concept from Shonda Rhimes. She did a year of yes. 
and I did a year of yes for my career. That entire year, anything that was career related, I said yes. Hey, do you wanna volunteer for this? Yes. Hey, do you wanna stay over and work extra hours? Yes. Do you wanna take on this extra project? Yes, I just said yes and I made it happen. I was not married and I did not have kids (laughs) and I had a lot of time so I could do that. And it was really cool because very quickly I saw how it affected my career and how it helped me grow as an employee and as a manager and as an an individual, and it was very beneficial. And 2024 is going to be my year of no. I'm going to say no more often. Many people know I'm all about sustainability, and I'm assuming that listeners are also all about sustainability. You're probably encountering some of these same issues that I am. People are aware that I'm about sustainability, and they will give me things that they no longer want. For example, just in the past month alone, just in the last four weeks, I received old pots and pans that were scratched to all get out. A kid's jacket with a broken zipper, probably my fourth or fifth set of reusable straws, and I don't even use straws, gobs of Tupperware containing Chex Mix and cookies and holiday treats and reusable gift boxes, which are adorable and great, but we've honestly got plenty in our family, so I don't need to keep them. Your family can keep them. And five trash bags full of cardboard blocks that my kids could use to build towers and such with, which is okay. And that was actually from November, but that's all right. So they got to do building and construction and and that was fun, but that was a lot of stuff and it took up a lot of space. And Dawn is responsible for that. And I know she's listening to this podcast and she's probably dying laughing right now. And, and, and Dawn, I love you and my kids love the blocks, but we are over the daily struggle of trying to get the kids to pick up these dang blocks. (laughs) So I don't want them anymore. (laughs) My point is there's all this stuff that others, other people know that they cannot resell or donate for one reason or another. And they're like, but Kaylin likes sustainability. Kaylin likes used stuff. So I'm going to give it to her. And now it's her problem. (laughs) It's for her to figure out what am I going to do with these pots and pans that are scratched all get out. I don't want to eat off of them. And I, I feel guilty throwing them away. I'm aware I can't donate them. What am I going to do with the jacket with a broken zipper? Can I fix the zipper? Probably. I don't know. (laughs) I have not tried. I'm sure I could. It would be a lot of work and time and effort and frustration. I'm not that great at sewing. I could pay a seamstress to do it, but I have learned, even with my special backpack where the zipper broke, it's like 20 to $40 to get the zipper broken, of which case I can just go to Once Upon a Child and get a new jacket for 10 bucks. Like why, why am I the one financially on the hook? Why am I the one that has to sort through all of the gobs of clothes and toys and all that stuff that I now have to take to Salvation Army or Goodwill or whoever's going to donate or coordinate meetups on Facebook Marketplace to get rid of the stuff that I don't want. It wasn't my stuff to begin with. And so I realized I'm wasting a lot of time trying to handle other people's problems. And so I'm going to say no. Now, listen, listen, family and friends, if you do have stuff and you want to offer it to me, and I want it or need it, I will say yes, and I will take that stuff because that is helpful and financially great, and I'm saving the world, and I'm saving money. And I do say thank you, and I appreciate some of the really cool free things that I received. My kids got new-to-us beds. I got a new-to-me area rug. 
We got a new to us picnic table. All this stuff was pre-loved. We even got chickens and a coop that were all gifted to us for free. And I say thank you for these items because these are cool. These were helpful. These were beneficial. We love these. I'm not saying all items people tried to give me are bad. I would just always say yes. And now I'm giving myself permission to say no. By saying no, I'm forcing the other person to learn from their mistakes and they have to figure out how to be more sustainable because giving stuff to Kaylin is no longer an option. <laughs> now they have to deal with the guilt of throwing stuff away. So hopefully this forces them to buy higher quality products, more sustainable eco-related products like a wooden item instead of a plastic item. They will have to figure it out. They have to change their habits and that's how I'm going to help spread sustainability in 2024. That was kind of heavy, wasn't it? <laughs> kind of took a downward turn, but I'm sure I'm not the only one encountering this. I'm sure other people, other listeners are also encountering this. And, and I'm giving you permission to say no, that you don't have to take on all the stuff that you don't want to try to fix it. It's okay to say no. It's okay to put boundaries up and, and to teach others how to do better when it comes to sustainability. Don't let them pass their guilt off onto you. And now it's your turn to figure it out. And you're the one stuck with the guilt for throwing an item away that can't be fixed. They got to figure it out. And it's okay. Now on to some more positive things like the challenge. I have a couple of challenges for you. So the first one is the 1000 hour outdoor challenge. I just found out about this last week and it's in one year's time. The goal is to spend 1000 hours outside, <laughs> which is interesting to start off in January because we just were trapped inside the house for three days with cold weather. <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to go outside when it's negative eight. In fact, it's kind of dangerous, but anyways, you can make up for that in the summertime, in the springtime, in the fall. The website is 1000 as in 1000 hoursoutside.com. If you're interested, that's where you'd go to learn about it. It's kind of cool. They've got trackers. So you sign up for it. They have little trackers so you can track how often you're outside. And then there's great big coloring sheets, big giant coloring sheets. If you're outside for two hours today, then you get to color a space on the coloring picture with a number two on it. So it's a, a gigantic picture with all these little pieces that you color and fill in each time you spend hours outside, you color it in. So then by the time you hit 1000 hours, the full picture will be colored and it'll be really cool. So you can do that. I would like to do that, but I think that's a bit hard for us right now. That's not making life simpler. <laughs> that's adding more chores for us to do. That might be a 2025 project might be a 2025 bucket list item, a goal, a challenge. Right now, I'd be happy if we could even get 500 hours outside because we've got very little kids. We have to be outside with them. We have a pond in our backyard. We live off of a busy road. I can't just be like, go outside guys while I do all the chores. <laughs> I have to be out there with them. And honestly, when you get off of work at five and you go get everybody, then you do dinner and you clean up and everybody's in bed by seven or eight, like we might get five minutes outside and it's actually easier to not go outside because then they want to stay out there and I have to be the bad person to force them inside to bed. And that's really rough. <laughs> In the summer, it gets a little bit easier. The weekends are a lot easier, but I think it might be more of like a 500 hours for us. But like I said, next year, next year we can make that a priority. Next year we can add that. But that's something that you can do if you want to. And don't worry that it's January 17th of the time of this recording. So by the time this is launched, it's going to be what, 
January 22nd. So start at February to February. You can bump it a month. It's fine. And then the other challenge is really just for the adults. If there are kids in the car, plug your ears. (laughs) It's called 101 Nights of Great Sex. (laughs) And it's by Laura Korn, C-O-R-N, like the vegetable, Laura Korn. Maybe I should have saved that for the Valentine's Day episode, but actually now is great because it gives you time to order it and look at it and check it out and implement it and use it as a gift for Valentine's Day. But that is a challenge that my husband and I have decided to join in on. I don't know if it's going to make our life simpler, but it's definitely going to make it a lot more fun. (laughs) Look, we've been together for like 10 years. (laughs) Actually, longer than that. Oh my gosh, it's been 13 years. You can see why we need this book. (laughs) It's going to help bring us closer and maybe helpfully uh, bring us baby number four. We shall see. Oh my gosh, if Channing knew that I shared that information with you guys, his face would be beet red right now. So if you know him personally, please don't say anything. (laughs) The next episode will be February 5th. I have no clue what we're going to talk about. (laughs) I'm just winging it at this point. I need a simpler life. We're going to talk about simple things on February 5th, whatever that may be. Until then, continue saving the world. Create a bucket list if you have not done so already. You can make it as long or as short as you would like. You can put whatever the heck you want on it. You can throw on some sustainability stuff. You can also throw on silly things like a handstand. Whatever you want to do. Continue saving the world. And I will see you all again on February 5th. Have a great one. Bye.